0: Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another edition of the Sam Bissell Podcast on the Ambiguous Network, and right now I'm going to be bringing you the latest and greatest going on around the world of plywood. Hope everyone is having a wonderful Thursday. We're right towards the end of the week and into the weekend. But a few things I want to get to on the top here of the Sam of podcast, I'm going to be talking about the official tracking for Birds of Prey for its box office numbers. I'm going to do a little review of the new Aaron Hernandez documentary that came out yesterday and a whole lot more. But the first thing I want to get into is a trending trailer that came out today called Lovebirds. Now, this trailer did come out today. However, I did see it over the weekend for Just Mercy and... It's a movie that is directed by Michael Showalter and stars Issa Rae and Kumel Nanjiani. And I have to say, I wasn't a big fan of Stuber this past year when it came out, and that starred De Bautista and Kumel Nanjiani, but I'm a fan of The Big Sick. I love Kumel as a, as a comedian, and Issa Rae is a funny comedian as well, especially with her show on HBO, Insecure. And so seeing this trailer... It got some laughs out of me. I really like the chemistry between these two. They're two hilarious comedians. And the fact that they're two people that are dating one another, starting to date one another, and then they get thrown into this crime thriller that's happening in front of them and they have no idea what to do is hysterical so i'm a big fan of it it's premiering at south by southwest on march 20th and it's releasing on april 3rd so one to definitely look out for as you'll be hearing probably a lot of reviews come out for this film on south by southwest before premieres on april 3rd what did you guys think of the trailer let me know down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts now going on to some box office news that came out a little earlier today, and that has to do with Birds of the, Birds of Prey and the Fabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. That film, which is a spin-off of the 2016 hit film Suicide Squad, is tracking for $50 million. It's directed by Cathy Yan. It stars Margot Robbie, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Jumi Smollett-Bell, Rosie Perez, Ali Wong, and Ewan McGregor as Black Mask. This is a movie that I've seen the trailers for it, and the first teaser I wasn't really all that enthusiastic about. I thought I, I really, I really enjoyed Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. I thought she really was one of the bright spots of Suicide Squad. She brought Harley Quinn to life from the comics to the pages and made her her own unique way. And then transferring it over to her own female spinoff movie with all these incredible female ladies. I think at first I was like, okay, I'll see what it's about, and the first trailer again didn't really surprise me. But then this past trailer that came out about a week or so ago really got me on the hype train for this movie. I was really impressed by it. I, I'm I'm into the vibe of this, just kind of being a fun, crazy comic book film that's coming out about this woman and how she's just trying to make it on her own and has this ragtag group of girls to help her out and defeat Black Mask. I really enjoy that, and I think if this film delivers on just being a fun ride i think you'll get the comic book the comic book fans who are interested in this movie interested in dc and interested in harley quinn to go see this movie already but if this movie comes out and it turns out to be this incredibly fun r-rated adventure which to be noted for the r rating would be the first r-rating for the dcu a lot of people get confused that even though Joker was rated R, it was its own separate universe, its own separate movie, had nothing to do with the DCU that has Gal Gadot, Shazam, Henry Cavill, Superman, Batman has nothing to do with any of that. It's its own separate universe. So Birds of, Pay will, Birds of Prey will be the first film to be in, have an R-rated a rating for its its universe so i think if people are hooked on that and they hear the reviews are just a crazy bombastic time at the theaters i think you'll see an uptick in that number go up this is only a 97 billion uh, excuse me million dollar budgeted film so it's not like if it made if it has a 50 million or maybe 60 million dollar opening weekend if it has a 150 million dollar budget it wouldn't be underperforming it would be on it would be right on par for if it has the legs for February which when you look at the February schedule for 2020 Birds of Prey is really the only big film that's coming out that's really a block has blockbuster written on it so I think it, it it'll have the legs to really go forth for maybe the entirety of February before onward comes out in the first weekend of March that it can really do Some damage to the box office and be able to recuperate its budget, go back into the black and be able to maybe even add some padding onto what it already did for its box office run. So I think if it starts out between 50 and then maybe if the buzz is good upticks to 60, potentially $70 million, I think Birds of Prey will be just fine for where it's at and will be the first big smash hit of 2020. Guys, what do you think about the Birds of Prey tracking coming in at around $50 million? And it's only the, the first week of pre-tracking for this movie. So maybe, again, buzz comes out in the next few weeks, the tracking changes. Let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. Now moving on to some news regarding film festivals for 2020. And we, we have the Sundance Film Festival coming out next weekend. It's crazy to think that the, the, the starts of the new year with all these new crazy films we're just kind of winding down with 2019 and we have the final few nominations for the Academy now out for last year's pack of films and we're already looking forward to this year's pack of what could be potential Oscar nominees for 2020 so it's all really just starting to gear up now Sundance is the beginning of that. But now there has been headway on both the Cannes Film Festival and the Venice Film Festival in regards to their jury. And what the jury does is it really, at the end of the film festival, they hand out all the awards. So for the Cannes Film Festival, they'll hand out the the, the big awards, especially the biggest of them all, the Palme d'Or award that is headed to the Con and then the Golden Lion that's given to Venice, the jury selects that and selects all the other awards that are handed out. So it's very important, especially when you look at what it could mean for award season. When you look back on some, things that happened in Con's in Venice last year between Joker winning the Golden Lion, it's now the most nominated film at this year's Oscars. You look at Parasite. For the for the Con Film Festival, it won the highest prize you could give it, and it's had an incredible award season run since it debuted in May. has a lot of hype. It's considered one of the greatest films in the last decade or so, and definitely one of the best films of last year by many people. And so, th- there's a lot riding on it to who you select on these juries. And the first one I want to talk about is the Con Film Festival, and this year's head jury is being going to be run by Mr. Spike Lee, the Academy Award winner for. Best Adapted Screenplay, which went to Black Klansman. It is a a great selection. Spike Lee has a a tremendous history with the Cannes Film Festival between Do the Right Thing, Jungle Fever, Black Klansman. He definitely has a great relationship with the jury there, with the members there, and so he knows what to expect in Cannes, what kind of film earns the Palme d'Or award, and I think especially following up Parasite, He's going to have a a hefty task of selecting a great film. And whatever that film is, I'm sure it'll deserve it. And I'm I'm excited to see Spike Lee be honored for this he deserves it he's an incredibly insightful filmmaker that can look at things from a different lens a different perspective that i think gives really great weight to what maybe some other people didn't look at and when you look at what alejandro inaritu did last year he was ahead of the jury at the Cannes film festival he picked out parasite and look how that is doing at the academy this year like i said before in six nominations for the oscars is again on a lot of pundits list for best film of the year some for the best film one of the best films of the 2010s period so i think spike lee is going to do like what Inarritu did and be able to select films that maybe you didn't think could possibly be as tremendous as you would think they would be or something that you're surprised that you didn't hear about beforehand and i think that's what makes these film festival so great now moving on to the venice film festival the head of the jury for that one will be Kate Blanchett, the very much acclaimed actress over the last few decades. And she has a tall task too, in which we don't know, really the Venice Film Festival, which is going to be run, (coughs) excuse me, on September 2nd through September 12th right now. They're one of the few film festivals that start the official awards season run. We look at Venice, Telluride, Toronto, the New York Film Festival. They're the ones that really helped to kickstart what we see during award season. Again, Judy was premiered uh, during these film festivals. You had 4V Ferrari. You had Joker, again, which won the Golden Lion and started its run at the Academy and started all the buzz, was started at the, the Venice Film Festival and where it won the Golden Lion. So I think you give somebody like Kate Blanchett that power to do it. I think she's going to, again, see things from a different perspective and, and help nominate and award films that maybe, again, we did not see coming. Nobody, even though Joker was a comic book movie, it was hype beforehand, people were going to go see it. I think the fact that you bestowed a prestigious award like that to a film like Joker, I think helped it gain some more merits and helped propel its box office. It certainly helped with the buzz of it. And so I think you, you don't know what you're going to expect from these film festivals, and I think when you nominate people like this, it just gets me more excited to see the films that are going to be coming out of these film festivals. That We we have anticipated films that we're excited about now, but all these film festivals have have films and art that we don't know is out there just yet. And that's the great aspect of covering the film industry and covering Hollywood entertainment is that when we, when you cover these film festivals, we don't know what's coming out. And then we're surprised by a parasite or we're surprised by a Ford v Ferrari, or we're even more surprised by a Joker or something along the lines of say a, what else would be out there? Say something like a two popes, would be something, or a marriage story that we didn't really know about, and then it started gaining a lot of attention in the back half of 2019, so there's just so many films out there that we don't know about right now that we're going to be learning about in the summer and fall time leading up to, of course, the 2020 award season, so I'm really excited about what we're going to be looking at going forward, and there's, looking at film festivals just gets me even more excited, so what do you guys think about Spike Lee and Kate Blanchett heading up the juries for the Cannes and Venice Film Festival. Let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. Now moving on to the last thing I want to talk about, and it's more of a little review that I want to give to a, a little documentary limited series that premiered on Netflix yesterday. And they're both three-hour-long episodes that you can check out. It'll take maybe half a day, if anything, or if you want to spread it out, a full day. And it is The Killer Inside, the story of Aaron Hernandez, and it basically chronicles. The 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 rise and the fall of former Florida Gator and former New England Patriot tight end Aaron Hernandez, who was convicted and found guilty of murdering Odin Lloyd, and was acquitted of a double homicide from 2011 2012, and which he then a few days later in 2017 in April committed suicide, and so it goes into really the mind of this person who in the beginning was just your normal average person, normal average kid who was a gifted athlete, had really everything going for him, had a very tight-knit community, tight-knit family, had some rough patches, but he he was going through life in the best way possible, and then tragedy hit him, and he really, he, it's the double life of this person that you didn't really know about, and it really extends farther from the the story of Aaron Hernandez and goes into into sexuality and homophobia and accepting who you are and especially accepting who you are and if you have to hide it do you have to hide it as an athlete and it deals with race it deals with cte it deals with the nfl and and what it stands for and corporations and putting people like this on the line but at the same time looking at the perspective of this person that really just had a double life and did horrific things that nobody really knew about and was leading different lives and had a kid, had a fiance and just somebody who thought they had it all, just didn't think he had it all. And I think it's a tragic story, but one that is enticing. And the third episode really hits you home on a lot of these issues. And I I thought it, I started thinking about it as the OJ made in America, but it's nowhere near that level. OJ was something that was a lot more drawn out and something that kind of crescendoed to a climax that was leading up to the trial of O.J. Simpson. Whereas this was something that really you, you, you begin with the trial and you begin with the murder of Odin Lloyd, but then you go back to his past and you wonder, and you're going back and forth, back and forth, and it's tying everything up and trying to tie everything, everything together and show you how he ended up to where he was. And it's sad and it's tragic, but also it's it's terrifying to think that somebody— was capable of doing this. And you just think about Odin Lloyd and and the victims of those two men that died outside of the bar um, on that double homicide. And you think of Odin Lloyd and his family, and then they go into really some law terms of, of things I didn't, I, I didn't really think about with Aaron Hernandez and, and didn't know about with what happened after he committed suicide and how the Loy family had to fight that verdict of what happened. And it's just really incredible. And again, it's only three hour long episodes. It's nothing that's 10 episodes that are hours long. It's, it's really short, condensed, gets to the point, but it's really, if you're into these kind of stories, which I am about these tragic humans and learning more about it and, and really unpacking the layers behind it, I think it's incredible it's 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 sad and, and I think it's something to really look at. So I definitely recommend watching it this weekend or whenever you get a chance of watching it. It's definitely one of the first best things Netflix has put out so far this year in the in the early half of 2020. But guys, if you have seen it, what did you think about it? I hope you guys check it out. If you have any questions about it, let me know down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. But guys, that's going to do it for this edition of the Sambicell Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to check out my channel for more content. You can check me out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, SoundCloud, and much more. Also, make sure to tune in onto the Ambiguous Network. And also, be sure to check out the other amazing shows that are on there, such as You Mad Bro, the number one source to see what the internet is pissed off about on a weekly basis. And check out Goal Driven Professionals geared toward improving client relations, return on investment, and customer acquisition costs for independent businesses and services. You can check them out on their websites, ambiguousproduction.com, also on Facebook and Twitter, at Real Ambiguous. And if you want to check out Canopy Treehouse, use the coupon code AMBIGUOUS. Also, make sure to follow me on social media on Twitter, at Samuel. that's B-U-S-S-E-L-L-S-A-M-U-E-L, and on Facebook at Sam Bissell. Thank you guys again so much, and tomorrow I'm going to be having my predictions for the SAGs and for what I think will win the PGA and what that means for the Oscars moving on to February 9th. I'll have all that tomorrow and a whole lot more, but until then, guys, keep on screening.